for Geek Gamer Weekly. Center of the most calculating intelligence on Earth. The Uber Podcast, just for geeks and gamers. We have news for the beautiful people. There's a lot more of us in our view. With your hosts, Joseph Falby. Men wanted to be like him. Women wanted to be with him. John Kessler. He will be talked about in the same way that Rockefeller and Carnegie and, and Ford are talked about. And Chase Nunes. For your information, butthead, he's headed for the video championships in Los Angeles. Now, live from Earth. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? When? Just now. It's Geek Gamer Weekly. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode 215, recorded on Sunday, September 23rd, 2012, mapping out iOS 6. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber Podcast for Geeks and Gamers, broadcasting live every Sunday evening around this time. Typically it's around 6, but this week it's a little bit later than usual just because of the fact that uh, we are now broadcasting from an alternate location, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. As always, my name is Chase Nunes. I help uh, ex... uh, (laughs) I was going to say exfoliate... I orchestrate. I know. I know. Oh, you did it on purpose. I did it on purpose okay. because there was some sort of tap, 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 ha- tapping happening. I don't know if it was you or Joe, but uh, joining me as always, it wouldn't be a Geek Gamer Weekly if we didn't have this gentleman right over here broadcasting from in front of the refrigerator, Mr. From John. your kitchen. <laughs> Is that a product placement behind him too? What are you talking about? The, the Pop-Tart product placement behind oh, him? I'm yeah. pretty sure that's a product placement right there. We should replace that with the Kirkland Vodka. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I prefer the Pop-Tarts. Well, who's who gives more money for the placement? Uh, Kirkland, absolutely. Oh, well, then, yeah. What's it What's it still... John, can fix that. <laughs> wait, wait. No, 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 no. This, uh, all right, fine. Uh, too late. Yeah, yeah well, I... <laughs> Anyway, um, also joining us from the confines—I can't believe he's moving stuff around uh, from the confines of the Oregon. Same money way. The Oregon Bureau of Technology, Gaming Research, and Development. Here he is, Mr. Joseph Falby, also my I co-host. Am, on my I am graphic. not in the kitchen. No, no, you're in the intermediate sections between <laughs> your living room uh, and your family room. It was room. originally intended as sort of a dining room because the kitchen is right over there, um, right over there, uh, but. Um, yeah, it's sort of a in between space now because this the the room behind me was actually an add on, but I'm hanging out, you know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, J- John. What? John, John, why don't you uh, come have a seat again? Oh, oh okay. I was so, playing with the magnets. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so now you have the pop tarts and the Kirkland vodka over your left shoulder. Yeah, but you can't yes. read the Kirkland vodka. Yeah, it's clear. You just see yes. the bottle. You just see the shape. How are you doing, John? <laughs> just ducky. <laughs> Very good. Oh, John, 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 stop. Just just let, let it be. Oh, you still can't read it. Why don't, why don't you show off uh, your, your awesome uh, iPhone, uh, iPhone 5. Let's see it. That is not the iPhone 5. Oh, no, that's right. It's my Evo. Oh. Mm. Sorry. It's, it's the antique Evo. <laughs> the antique Evo. So yep. last week we covered at nauseum the iPhone 5 and uh, the Wii. Let's do it again. Yeah. No. And oh. so... Now the iPhone five is out there in the wild. People stayed have been in shooting it. <laughs> they have not. 
<laughs> they stayed in long lines. Uh, they pre-ordered, and they now have their lovely iPhone five in their hands. It's so beautiful. It's so glistening. It's just, it's just extraordinary. <laughs> it's just extraordinary. Um, like any Apple product, it like, makes you want to lick it. Exactly. <laughs> I I wouldn't advise that. You guys keep um, that up. I'm gonna start drinking that vodka. <laughs> Straight up. Mm, yeah, maybe. Okay. Drinking contests on the air. That's awesome. <laughs> so only one of you has to drive home. So a lot of complaints are actually coming down right now about the iPhone five. Maybe not necessarily about the hardware because I think a lot of people are uh, well. There's some been some complaints about oh my god the back scratches easily it's metal people get a grip. A few people complain about the new the height that they liked it the shorter height. Then get a 4s. Well, yeah, but the five is significantly faster. Anyway, who cares? (laughs) Let me guess, Joe. The 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 five s if they call it the five s will be shorter. (laughs) No, no, and it will have all the great features. It'll be the same size, but it'll have a new processor. The A six (laughs) B. Well, it might be might be the A six X if they want to. The right now, the the die pictures that we've seen only have uh, three graphic processors on them, but it looks like there's space for at least one or two more. So maybe the A five X will have up to up to four, maybe even five or six graphic uh, sub processors on the on the die. But who cares? I, honestly, it's a year away. We're still talking about the five, and we're t- mostly talking about iOS six, right? So uh, you you were you know messing around with the beta for a while. We can now publicly say that because you're a developer. Yes. You know you're yes. you're testing out software. Uh, now iOS six, iPhone five. You don't have the iPhone five yet. We talked about the reasons why you don't, but you have been messing around with iOS six. A lot of the neat features. Big big controversy is about maps. Whether you like how they look or or hate how they look. It is now the de facto map application on the iPhone. A lot of people are not happy that they've lost their Google Maps because now they have to basically fall in love all over again with a new mapping soft, uh, service, essentially. So, Joe, do you want to explain to people out there real quick? Uh, well, well, whoa, go wait ahead, a minute. Joe. I'm going to say they, they were upset. They didn't see it coming out. I mean, I'm not even an Apple slash you know iphone person and i knew that was coming down the pipe yeah they they announced the maps back in um the new maps back at wwdc earlier this year back in what june i'm, I'm talking i'm talking common people who don't stay yeah. on the tech yeah no i, I yeah, yeah no i, well, I they know knew, they, people who updated their phone who hadn't been following it and uh um and all of a sudden boom there's new maps it doesn't like, look like the old google maps anymore right. so they, they bought a phone because it was a new one, and they didn't really know anything about it no no John. no, no. <laughs> if you're running the uh, all the way back to the original True. iphone 4 so the 4, the 4S, and the 5 are all capable of running iOS 6, which has the mm-hmm. new maps. So if you bought a phone two years ago from Apple, an iPhone 4 two years ago, and you didn't know any better, and you just saw a, hey, system update's available, and you hit update, you got the new maps. And uh, if you weren't ready for it, if you didn't know what to expect, you might have been really surprised and not necessarily happy with the results. Actually, most people are pretty upset with the results. <laughs> There's, so, so first off, let's talk about maybe some of the, the negative brushback that's been happening to Apple because of Maps. Uh, and we'll, then we'll talk about why they had to make, make the change. Now, obviously, everybody loves to poke fun at Apple every chance that they can get. Uh, there's this new website that is out there currently circulating. The, the website is theamazingios6appmaps.tumblr.com. 
Um, as you guys can see here, a lot of people are just poking fun about how they look or uh, as they see here, like uh, this is a satellite view of Davos, Switzerland. And as you can see, it's a, it's a cross-section between summer and winter <laughs> of the mashups of the satellite images. Um, people poking fun of the, the pins. Uh, some sections are just have black holes or whatever. Uh, someone typed in Apple Store, and then it said no results found, yet there's an Apple Store right there in the background that you could see. So there's obviously some things that they need to tweak and tune to get better. Uh, now, Joe, we were talking about this in the pre-show. Why did Apple have to make the change? I, I think a lot of people, including probably some of our listeners, may not know the full backstory and the reason why Apple needed to pull Google Maps from their official map application and move on to something else. You know, well, there's a, there's a few reasons why Google Maps was selected in the beginning. You have to remember the iPhone 5 is, or the iPhone as a platform is pretty old at this point. It's been around for a lot of years. Um, think of the oldest Android phone and then add at least two years to it. That's how long the iPhone's been around. Um, so at the launch, they didn't really have a whole lot of options. They had Google, they had Yahoo, they had uh, Microsoft didn't have Bing. Bing wasn't out yet. Um, you know, they only had a few options to do maps. And the reason they ended up going with Google initially was one of the, the head guys from Google was actually on Apple's board. That's a big reason why YouTube was chosen and, and uh, maps were, uh, Google Maps were chosen for the original iOS platform. Um, now, along with that, because nothing happens in the IT world or in, in the computer world without a licensing agreement, right. Apple signed a license with, my, with Google for uh, so many years um, to use uh, both YouTube and Google Maps. And, uh, well, that license expired this year. Uh, actually, I think it was earlier this year before iOS 6 uh, released. So they had to re they, they can leave it on their old platforms because it was grandfathered in, their old OSs. But the new OS launch had to remove both uh, YouTube and the stop using Google Maps. Now, they could have kept them. Well, here's a stupid question. Why, why would they... Why would is it not in their best interest to renew and well, have the, a new the, agreement? There's a, a few reasons for that. So on, on Maps, specifically on Maps, uh, one is Google changed some of the licensing recently on how, map, how Google Maps have to be used on a platform. Uh, they've added costs uh, per user, per individual using it. So it costs more money per release or per version of, of per person who's using it for a uh, uh, what's called a business or a corporate license. Um, and they've also changed. Uh, they also changed a few other things. One of the big things is they have basically publicly said they are never, ever, ever, ever going to do turn by turn directions on the iOS platform because they want to drive people to Android. So even if they had re-signed, they would never. Apple would never have gained access to Google's turn by turn directions like the Android has, and they would have lost a few, you know, a few other features, and they wouldn't have. It, it would have cost them a lot of money. Um, so it really made a lot of sense for them to move to look for a new platform. Now, a lot of people, this news actually is not new. This is stuff that was talked about. Uh, I remember hearing about this over a year ago, and there was a lot of supposition, a lot of guesses as to where Apple would go. One discussion that I, I was actually pretty serious at one point was moving to Bing, moving search over to Bing, moving maps over to Bing, basically turning the iPhone into another Bing platform, Right. Um, which Microsoft would have loved. <laughs> uh, and, and Apple at that point, you know, Apple and, and Microsoft's relationship is nowhere near as rocky as it was, 
you know, like five years ago, ten years ago. True. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it was really a feasible idea at the at the time. The IO, uh, the the Windows Phone platform wasn't a real serious platform. Six uh, six five was gone. Seven was was out. Seven five was coming, and um, they had some penetration, but it wasn't real serious. And Microsoft wasn't pushing it as hard as they could have. Well, that all changed. Obviously, Microsoft is pushing Windows Phone seven five and Windows Phone eight now, really really hard, and. Um, and Apple ended up buying a company. I, I unfortunately cannot rem- remember the name of the company, but they bought a company that all they did was this this 3D interpretation of maps. So they could take a a town and generate 3D buildings and texture the sides of the buildings um, automatically. They didn't have to go in there and add 3D structures like you do in Google, um, which Apple bought because it, it was it looked really cool and, and they incorporated it into this version of maps. Now Apple's getting a lot of grief for that, a feature that nobody else has. Apple's getting trouble for them. whatever. I, well, um, the, the, I mean, the only reason why they're they're getting trouble for it is obviously you know there's a lot of incomplete things. I mean, oh, it, uh, it doesn't. Well, the the three D the three D yeah. portion of it doesn't doesn't look perfect. It never it never will. Um, but you know what? If you pull up uh, if you pull up Google um, Google Earth on your on your desktop and go through and look, you'll see a lot of similar things. Like I love on on this um, on this amazing three D maps the uh, the one of um, where is this? Uh, in Switzerland, where it mixes summer and winter, there's a bunch of spots on Google Google Earth where it does the same thing. Um, you know, all these and this uh, this um, New Zealand's uh, uh, fjordland, same sort of thing. I've seen I've seen images just like that on uh, on on Google Earth. So everybody's picking on Apple because it's fun to do. But it, what it came down to was the licensing was going to cost a lot of money to renew, tens of millions of dollars, if not hundreds of millions millions of dollars to renew and they were never going to get features that they really wanted turn by turn direction is something that's really important on a modern phone platform and um they need it and uh, there are granted there are other solutions we've talked about ways we've talked about uh um I, I can't remember one of the other ones that i have on my phone but there's a few other ones that do turn by turn directions like that but there's nothing built into the phone that does it and they really need something that does and uh I mean, those are mostly those are probably the big two reasons: the licensing cost and the and turn by turn direction. And um, and then of course there was YouTube, which we haven't really talked about. But YouTube got dropped from iOS six, the native YouTube app. Yeah, now and we, that was the same thing. Uh, there there was a licensing issue with that, um, where we, it expired and it would have cost a lot of money to maintain. Now, one thing that we have seen with YouTube now mm-hmm. is they did release an app for iOS. And it, yep. it's really well. I, I like it. I wish I had a couple of more features like uh, adjusting of uh, video quality. I'm wondering if it's done automatically in the back end. It depends what your speed is and adjusts accordingly. Uh, but it's really good. Um, it's fast. It's it's really it's really nice. Um, also, by the way, as a content creator, uh, it does uh, show ads. Uh, so obviously, if more people are watching uh, you know videos on their phone and you're trying to get some sort of ad revenue from that, it's nice that it does roll uh, roll an ad. Now, here's the ultimate question, Joe. There's been rumors. Uh, we've read articles. We've seen statements uh, that Google is preparing or have already submitted an a- a Maps app for iOS. Now, we don't know what's going to be in this app, if that's true or not. But let's just say it is. Will they bend the rules or will they make an exception to you know maybe add in those features that we're now we've now lost, like the the tra- uh, transit integration and and some of those other features that a lot of people liked using with uh, the old old maps on the older operating systems. 
Are you asking if Google will add those or if Apple will allow Google to add those? Uh, I guess that's a two-parter, huh? That's a, <laughs> that's a good question, um, yeah. So so by all accounts, um, from what I've read, Google has submitted an app, and it's just waiting for approval from Apple to, to go on the App Store, uh, for specifically for Google Maps. Um, at the, of course, because it's not released and Google hasn't really talked about it very much, uh, the only thing anybody knows for sure is it'll have maps, <laughs> obviously. <Yeah. laughs> um It'll probably have the transit info. It'll probably have some of that base base info that, that was in the old Google Maps native to the phone. It probably, almost certainly, will not have turn-by-turn direction um, and, and stuff like that. Now, the, the other question is, if Apple's going to approve this app, you know, by, by all accounts, it hasn't been approved yet. It hasn't showed up on the store, at least. Um, probably. How, how could, there, I mean, honestly, how there's could no Apple reason say for them, no? Yeah, there's, there's, there's no reason for them not to do it. They've allowed a bunch of other maps, uh, uh, mapping tools on there that basically have the same or similar and have turn by turn directions too, I mean, and and add turn by turn directions. You know, we're talking about ways and uh, um, the other one I use. Uh, God, I cannot think of it. There's Navigon. Uh, uh, yeah, Navigon. Um, Garmin has one on there. I mean, there's, yeah, uh, there's quite a few. Uh, GPS, GPS Drive is what I use for Motion oh, yep, X. That's, that's another, another one, one that I use. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of apps on on the iOS that do maps and do turn by turn navigation. There's no reason why Apple would have to, other than deciding they're pissed off at Google, which you know, I wouldn't blame them, uh, to to really not allow the Google Maps app on the on the platform. I have a feeling if Google submits one, it'll be on there, and if they already have, it'll be approved sometime soon. Um, I mean, but I also think that people who are who are you know really really wanting Google Apps. Or Google Map, they can use the web-based version of it. It does work really well on mobile platform. It has all the content; doesn't have turn vector and direction, but it has everything else. Um, and people who are who really are waiting for that before they start using mapping on the iOS, or, or maybe they're waiting to to for that to come out before they upgrade to iOS six. I think they should give the new maps a shot. Um, they there is a lot of stuff missing, but there, it is a work in progress. I've seen updates just in my area, just in my city. Uh, which is a fairly small town. We're only about 22,000 people. So I've seen updates actually happening around here, and I know that they're happening in other places. It's just going to take time. Google Maps has been around for over 10 years. This map stuff has only been, from Apple, has only been in development for a couple years. So it is going to take some time, but I think that it will get there eventually. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I think, the, I mean, just ultimate peer pressure, if you want to call it that. I mean, a lot of people... Yeah. Throwing up a stink, and, you know, and, and you know, turn by turn directions because because I have been using it for for a couple months now, a couple three months. I've been using iOS six. Turn by turn directions is really really good, um, and having the Siri integration with it, you know, you can pick up your phone and say Siri, give me a, a you know, drive me home. Literally, that's what that's what I say all the time, and it will pop up directions, turn by turn directions for me to get right home. And it's a uh, it's a really streamlined way. It's it's really really good. At first, I was like, I don't know, I think I'm going to stick with Waze for a while. But the routing on on the Google or on the on the Apple Maps has been so good um, and significantly better than what Waze does uh, that I, I've been using that more and more now. Well, one thing it's that just I, so convenient. I guess one thing that I'm personally hoping, and, and, and we'll move on from this, is like uh, here here's a, a screenshot for an example. On the left, uh, iOS five running Google Maps. On the on the right is iOS six running Apple's Maps. Um, you can see the detail that uh, is included in the Google Maps. You know, showing well, that's that's a 3D model Google had to have either somebody built for Google or Google had to build in order to present a 3D view of that structure. Right. So, so I mean, are we going to see these these kind of you know, like add-ins and, and tweaks and features 
on iOS 6. Well, we certainly could. Um, I would be curious to see what that view looks like with the 3D view turned on with the overhead maps. It may already be that that's a 3D structure to some degree um, because of that, that the company they bought that does that, that converts the, the overhead 2D images to a 3D image. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Um, but I'm sure we'll see, you know, we'll see a lot more content coming to it. The nice thing about it is because it's a cloud-based system, it's, uh, you know, everything lives on servers that doesn't live on your phone. Right, yeah. When updates come yeah. out, they'll just appear. Um, you know, it's not like there'll be a new version of, of iOS have to be released for every minor update to the map. The map will just get updated. And, uh, and I, I honestly, it's, 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 been, it's been less than a week it's been out to the public. It's got a long ways to go. It will get there eventually. It just might take a little while. John Kessler, you're quiet over there because uh, I, I, I know you're not an uh, iOS user at all, so you don't have much to say in this little debate. However, you do have mm-hmm. an Android phone, mm-hmm. and you do have the ability to use any maps on your phone as well. I mean, there's mm-hmm. other providers for mapping, but you do use, I would assume, the Google Maps, right? Yeah. I like the, you know, I like the turn-by-turn stuff that they did. With the Google Navigator. You don't drive into the ocean or anything? No. Okay. <laughs> so I just want to throw this up here. This is this is that same Sydney Opera House view on, on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, this is with the... With the uh, I'm going to turn my brightness and stuff down so everybody can see it, hopefully. Yep. Um, still in focus? Yep. Yeah, we'll look, okay. it looks good. So um, this is the view of the Sydney Opera House. Now I'm going to go ahead and, and do the two-finger rotate around it. And I'll see if I can get it to work. So you can actually see it is actually a 3D. I don't know if it's in view or not. <laughs> I can't see it. So I guess if so, if you're in regular 2D mode, you don't see it, but you have to go to 3D mode. Well, if if you go to so 3D mode works with um with the overhead overhead view, the hybrid view or the overhead view. Um, so yeah, you have to go to that in order to see some of the 3D content. But the 3D content you get is a lot more dynamic, a lot more interesting. It actually is pictures of the structure instead of just a basically a a crude wireframe. Um, Good thing so you have yeah, LTE because, uh, or hopefully you have a fast connection because won't that take a little bit more to draw in? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm I don't know how much more bandwidth it uses. Um, I'm, obviously, I'm using it at home, so I'm on Wi-Fi. But uh, um, it it looks uh, like I said. I think the maps are are really really pretty maps. I think they look really good. I, I agree. I, I mean, but uh, yeah. but no, I I also agree that people have valid complaints. There are a lot of issues with the maps and. Um, and I know I, I keep getting crap for being an Apple fanboy and defending everything they do, but in this case, I really do think they will get better, and it's just yeah. a case of, of letting, it, letting it go. I think um, the point is a and lot— And if you have a problem with it, use something else, but don't forget to come back and check it because it will get better. I, I think the thing is a lot of people expect more because it's Apple. And, and, you know, they... Yeah, we saw the same complaints about the I, I, iPhone 5, that it wasn't enough. Right. But it's still an iPhone. And um, and the the best defense anybody's ever had for that, or I think there is for that, is Apple did such a you know the phone design was so so stellar with the initial the original iPhone even that it's really now it's just become refining that design and we're not going to see anything really really amazingly compelling refining and changing my damn connector. Uh. Well, yeah, but I mean you know there, we're not going to see anything we're not going to see anything. We're not going to all of a sudden see a six-inch iPhone. That's ridiculous. You know, we're not going to see a huge, massive platform change or a huge, massive style change because it 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 works and it looks good as it is. And there's no reason to throw the whole thing away and start it from scratch. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, 
Now, one of the, but, the new features that was lo- lo- rolled out in iOS 6 is Passbook. Uh, it has the ability to, it's got all these different cards, if you will, uh, that can have your movie tickets in there, uh, baseball tickets in there, uh, flight, uh, your f- flight tickets in there. And uh, the, uh, Starbucks and American Express have announced plans for integration into the Passbook application by the end of the month. Uh, Fandango's in there, Ticketmaster's in there. A lot of other companies, but this is interesting that a credit card company is now going to be moving into Passbook, uh, which is very, very interesting if you ask me, because I'm wondering how they're going to actually implement that. Show <laughs> is it actually going to be a credit card, or is it going to be like just American Express Traveler's checks? I'm wondering what they're going to do. Uh, but it, but hey, it's uh, it's a nice new feature. Now, have you utilized the the uh, the Passbook functionality at all? You know, I haven't. Um, there's a, a website out there called PassSource.com that will let you create ones that you can basically create whatever you want. Uh, and it works pretty well, and, and it gives you a good representation. Unfortunately, I deleted the two that I had from there. Um, but uh, uh, but my understanding is that people who have been using it, it works fairly well as long as the infrastructure is there. Um, a good example is Fandango's app supports it. So if you buy a ticket, you can actually load it right on your phone. And if the theater has a um, – uh, not all of them have it, but if, if they have a, uh, a scanner, a, 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 a digital picture scanner where they right. can actually scan the uh, the picture, the, the QR code picture, yep. um, they will let you right into the theater no problem at all. The cool thing is it's a location aware. Uh, so right. So as you walk up to the it theater, it will actually to the top. pop up on your screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's and you know Square uh, Square does that. They have the the, the Square you know with Square now. Uh, some businesses, if you have Square running on your phone, uh, as you walk up to the business, say, "Hey, yeah, just put it on my tab," and they'll you don't even have to pull it out of your 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 wallet or anything. It's really neat technology. And so having this now, a lot some people are saying, "Well, wait, American Express is going to be on here." Gee, this would have made much more sense if this phone had NFC. I mean, what's the difference here? I mean, I guess it's... Well, just- uh, I think one of the big things is um, the QR codes. It's a lot easier to implement, obviously. It's all software. You don't have to add any hardware to the device. Uh, the other thing, too, is um, a lot of this Q, uh, the, the QR code scanning is getting more common. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's what... Um, uh, actually, that's, that's how the, the, the loyalty card for Starbucks works on the phone. Same way. Uh, they have a QR code that, that actually displays on the screen. They scan it on their QR scanner. And it picks up. So the, the Starbucks one is a logical one. That'll work right into, into Passbook. There's no, I can't see there being any problems there. Um, and other places are starting to pick up these scanners. So it's sort of the same thing like what, you know, theoretically QFC or um, <laughs> QFC. Uh, you know, it's, it's sort of like, like what that can work in the long run. Um, but it's, uh, um, or NFC, it's sort, of, it's sort of the same sort of idea, but it's, it's carried out a little bit simpler because uh, there's no additional hardware. But yeah. I don't know. I, an NFC would be kind of nice to have for the phone, but I don't think I'd ever use it. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I just don't think it's used that that often yet. Outside of maybe maybe some big cities, um, I don't think it's it's that common yet. Hey, Mr. John Kessler, since you are chat room moderator and you keep an eye on the chat room, any any thoughts from the chat room concerning this topic? They're just arguing back and forth. Well, what are they arguing about? Um, whether or not uh, or why uh, Google and Android gets slammed for being, you know, when they roll, roll out a beta versus Apple getting kind of a free pass on their, oh, they release something beta and they're getting a, somewhat of a, they don't get as slapped as hard as 
And I don't know. I haven't beat. I, I don't think I've ever beat Google for having a beta product, unless the beta product really, really doesn't work. But I mean, a lot of the beta products, products that are that you know, half of their product line is still technically beta. And I, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think we're giving an Apple a free pass here either. I mean, you know, we, we, I think we all acknowledge that their Maps application desperately does need to improve. Uh, you know, Joe did show mm-hmm. that his Map has improved even since since launch. Um, so, uh, and that's in his local hometown. So, I think Apple is trying to address this. I mean, their their issues. I mean. How else can you can you slam them other than you know they had to make the change with iOS six to a new mapping service or you know in house uh, they had to make choice right they had to make change yeah. and they, they had to well they had to move they either had to decide they wanted to pay Google a lot of money or move to something else and whether it was in house or somebody else's if they moved to somebody else's they end up running into the same problem in five years licensing changes that company wants a lot more money. Now they're looking for somebody else again. Now for those, so. of, yeah, I mean, now for those of you who have an iPhone five, and you're like, well, um, I had to get one. Uh, now I'm waiting for the jailbreak. Well, congratulations, folks. One's done. It's not released yet, uh, but there is uh, someone by the name of Grant Paul on Twitter uh, tweeted out this picture of his iPhone five currently running Cydia, um, and you know he was proving that it is jailbroken but it's not yet ready for public consumption or he did a screenshot and just put it on the screen yeah i i i think it's legitimate i mean, yeah i think it probably is usually these turn out to be legitimate yeah. i wish uh, as much as i want them to have an iphone 5 jailbreak they need to work on an ios 6 iphone 4s jailbreak that's as well. g- it's gonna happen yeah. it, it will definitely happen it, it's got um, eventually you know one of the guys posting says you know why don't we look at the google's first year of maps yeah but at, i mean at that time though were they trying to put it on a phone uh, not at the first year, no. but what three, four years into it, they were they were putting yeah. it on the iPhone. Well, they were, but they were first, right? They were first. Yeah, they were uh, first, literally they were, first. <laughs> they they were putting it on the iPhone, you know, within a few years of its of its well, inception, and uh, uh, and uh, actually, it had worked on other phones before. You think about the old Windows six um, five and the old Palm phones, and even some of the Blackberries. You know, they had Google Maps capability. Yeah. It sucked, yes. but they had it. Now, as far as Google Maps being available, you know, either um, Google Earth or just Google Maps online, you know, through the web, I'm trying to remember how, uh, I mean, MapQuest was kind of the first one out for that, wasn't it? What, like a a web-based map? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, MapQuest, I think, was the first one I knew of, Mm -hmm. only it was still, you had to click the arrows around the edge of the map to move the map around. (laughs) (laughs) And when when Google came out and said, hey, look at this, you can just drag the map, it was such a... Uh, yeah, it's such Ooh. an upsetting feature that you know <laughs> nobody ever went back to MapQuest even after MapQuest added that feature back in. So. MapQuest actually has that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, MapQuest they still works, John. Yeah, if, you, if you go back, uh, you can actually use MapQuest, and um, and they still do routing, and they still do moving maps and stuff like that. Now, the uh, for those out there who have a Verizon iPhone five, this is very interesting news that you may not know about is that your phone is fully unlocked. That's right. Even if you're under contract, this phone uh, is able to accept GSM SIMs right away, uh, which means, uh, for example, you could take a uh, AT&T or a T-Mobile micro SIM, or no, I'm sorry, nano SIM, and put it in the phone, and you will get HS 
PA plus speeds, so you will not get LTE speeds, but you will get the the faster uh, 3G. I call it 3G plus plus speeds. AT and T calls it 4G. I I, I think that's <laughs> BS personally. That's crap. <laughs> uh, but you can pop in a uh, a SIM and it will work. Uh, this is great for those travelers who go to Canada or overseas and. Uh, you you need to have a SIM to, to keep yourself going, and you don't have to worry about getting a whole new phone. Uh, Verizon even acknowledged, Joe, that, yeah, yeah, it's unlocked. It's cool. Go for it. Now, it makes you wonder. It's like, gosh, you know, Verizon is doing this. Why can't, uh, why can't AT&T do this or Sprint even do this? I mean, why? If, so if you want a fully unlocked phone, you buy a Verizon phone. I mean, basically. Well, it's sort of fully unlocked. Well, you can't take the Verizon phone and bring it over to Sprint because they're the same network. Oh, CDM, yes, yeah, CDMA. Right. So I'm talking about GSM. It's, it's right. Well, it's locked onto its native platform. Right. So the Verizon iPhone is locked to their CDMA platform. The Sprint one is locked to their CDMA platform. Yes. AT and T is locked to their GSM. If T Mobile released it, it'd be locked to their GSM. So I guess if you want to uh, take a phone over to T Mobile. Maybe you should buy an iPhone 5 uh, from Verizon? Yeah, you certainly could. I guess could. that's the I, best yeah, way of doing you could, it. You could buy it uncontracted right, right. for full price. Yeah, full price. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, pop in. You'd have to cut the SIM down because I don't think you can buy a, a nano SIM directly from T-Mobile, at least not yet. No. But cut the SIM down. There's well, they a lot are, of ways well, out to, to I, do I that. I think they are. I, I think, oh, are they doing it? Yeah, I think the one of the big pushes... Pick up nano SIM on arrival and plug straight in. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. They, they, they might be available now. Yeah. Uh, New, maybe Newberific, not in every store, but Newberific in, in the in the chat here is saying, "What's the catch?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, here's well, the, the big question I have because I haven't, you know, obviously I don't have a five, and I don't have a Verizon five. If I did have a five, um, my big question is: when you put in the SIM card for AT and T or for T Mobile, will it override your Verizon settings, or is there some option somewhere where you can say, "Be on this phone, be on the, or be on this network, be on that network." Um, I don't know how the international travel thing works. Well, because I could see this. I well, in, ignoring international travel, I could see this as being awesome for a business user. Yeah. Your company's on Verizon. They issue you a Verizon iPhone five. Your personal phone is on AT and T. You throw in your AT and T sim into your Verizon work iPhone, and now your personal calls come into your phone. Maybe get them if they if they present a different way. That'd be even better. But you know, have actually having a, a two network phone, I think, would be really great. I think it's one or the other. I, I don't think it's a, yeah. like a dual thing. You, That's what I'm afraid I of. I think when you pop in the SIM, the SIM takes precedence, I, I, I think. Well, hopefully, when they j- release the jailbreak, somebody will release a tool to let you swap back and forth. Because I think be a dual phone. So for, for Nuberific and for any other person out there who is very interested, interested in this, I think the best way of going is just buying a Verizon iPhone 5 outright outside of contract. Okay. Um, and not paying the, the you know whatever upgrade costs, and you have it free and clear. Um, and then if you're under Verizon contract, you can actually just say, or, well, or uh, you're out of contract, you can just end your contract, go over to the T-Mobile, get a SIM from them, pop it in, you're done. And you just end your service. You're not ending a contract because you're not under contract. Right, exactly. And then if you're concerned about you know the, there's being a big price difference, you could maybe even pick up one of the, when you sign up for T-Mobile, since if you're going to be there for a while, pick up one of their free... Um, 4G smartphones and resell that on, on Craigslist because right. it's included if you're going to be there for two years anyway yep. and uh, maybe recoup some of the cost uh, that was the difference between the regular purchase although Android phones don't resell for anywhere near what iPhones do. That's true. Um, but uh, you could still do it. I'm sure you could You could probably get a couple hundred bucks for an unlocked 
uh, or an uncontracted T-Mobile phone. That's why I keep my iPhone 4S in a case and with a screen protector. So this way, when I'm ready to resell this thing, I get full maximum resale value. Kind of mm-hmm. love that. Uh, what a, you know, a couple other uh, geek stories before we move on to gaming stories. And these aren't even Apple related or iPhone related. It's no. amazing. It's a am- what? <laughs> it's inc- it's incredible. It's, it's beautiful. A, it's a, I don't know how it happened. They slipped right through the radar. This was going to be uh, iPhone stories weekly. Um, no. <laughs> You mean i5 for the iPhone? Yes, there you go. Oh, sorry, that's a twit thing. <laughs> five by five. Um, so one thing that we talk about on the show a lot, and we use them quite often as picks of the week, and actually a couple of us have actually bought into, is uh, Kickstarter projects. And recently, on a current blog posting a few days ago, uh, the Kickstarter people, they had a blog post, and I'll show it to you guys here on the screen. Uh, and they said the following, uh, Kickstarter is not a store. Uh, and what they basically said here is it's hard uh, to know how many people feel like they're shopping at a store when they're backing projects on Kickstarter. But we want to make sure that it's no one. Today, we're introducing a number of changes to reinforce that Kickstarter isn't a store. It's a new way for creators and audiences to work together to make things. And they listed some of these changes. Now, Joe... Um, I assume, hopefully, you went through and scanned through this story. Um, some of the major changes revolve around uh, challenges and project guidelines and products and all that. Did you go through it at all? I actually did. Yeah. And um, what do you? So what? What do you pull out of this? I mean, are, I mean, is it basically that we won't be seeing like? Uh, Kickstarter projects to raise money for an existing product, or are they trying to be more innovative here? I mean, what's their end game? What's their goal here? Well, the idea is uh, they're really trying to push Kickstarter as being a place to go for uh, if you're a company who has a, a prototype you've built, and you, you maybe have built a handful of them, and you want to take it to the next level. You want to have a, uh, a production run, only you don't have the money to do the production or necessarily the, the, the ability or the marketing to get it out into stores or get it into people's hands. Kickstarter is the place for you to go. Um, you, know, you need to have – basically they've, they've come down and they've said you have to have uh, a real prototype. You can't have a simulated screen. Um, you actually have to have it show what it looks like. You um, you can't uh, you can't have a rendering of the product. You actually have to have a real physical prototype of version of the product available. That sort of thing, which really helps uh, people who are going to join because now we're confident or we're more confident that there actually is a product that exists. So I, I think it's a good thing. I don't think it hurts at all. It, the only thing it might hurt is if you're uh, uh, you have a great idea and you want to bring it out, but you don't have any engineering or any software programming or anything like that, you wouldn't be able to start a project here. However, you may not be the best person to be doing Kickstarter anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, we really want people who have a, you know, they really want people who have a background, people who, who actually are going to bring something to market, which is great. I think this is good for, for hardware and software projects. I don't think this really protects against, um, against bad organizers, uh, people who, who have the best intentions but just are not capable of carrying a project through. Uh, which is actually the only project I've been on involved in Kickstarter that's really kind of been annoying is um, a guy who who promised the world and said this is what we're going to have. And uh, it took him several years before he realized that he's not going to be able to do it. And now another group have stepped up and said they're going to try to take care of it. But um, 
now, you know, it's it's uh, it's. I think this is a step in the right direction. I think this really helps, and people do need to realize that it, they're not shopping at Target. It's yeah, it's very different from that. And uh, you are not you're not really buying a product. Um, you're not really buying a product. What you're doing is putting money into a company, and uh, and the in trade you're getting whatever the first product is or whatever the first thing is. Yeah, but you're not. You're you're not really just straight out buying a product. Yeah, and and that's one of the other guidelines that they kind of pushed out about product design, project guidelines, and hardware. What they said is they're they're now going to not basically if you're a person putting a project up on Kickstarter, you cannot offer multiple quantities of a reward anymore. That is prohibited. Um, hardware and product design projects can all only offer awards in single quantities or a sensible set. Some items only make sense as a kit or you know several items. Uh, the development of new products can be especially complex for creators, and offering multiple quantities feels premature and can imply that their products are string wrapped, ready to ship. <laughs> uh, saying, "Oh, like well, here, here you go. You get like you know, you get a five if you use our platinum level for supporting us." As a great example, I'm just wondering. Well, the, go ahead. Yeah, John. a good a good example of that is. Um, you know the 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 huge Kickstarter project that went through a little while ago uh, over the summer the um, the watch the Pebble watch uh, it offered um, two watches it offered well it it offered a whole bunch of different levels including up to five and then all the way out to distributor and mega distributor packs which included uh, uh, distributor packs included ten and office packs included five. So, you know, they, they offered a, a pretty wide range, anywhere from one to five you could buy. And this basically would, would make that sort of approach illegal. What I'm curious about is if this does the same thing for software. Uh, there have been a number of games that I've gotten involved in where I've bought two copies specifically for giving the second copy to somebody else so that I have somebody to play with. Well, this is for the hardware and product design category. Uh, yeah. Some people uh, have said here in the comments that well, what about, for example, rendering of art for like a board game? Um, and one of the uh, official Kickstarter people chimed in and said, you know, the new hardware, uh, the new guideline prohibiting rending, renderings only applies to category uh, projects under product design or hardware. So other categories, including games, are not affected. So this is a very specific uh, prerequisite that they're changing for hardware and for product design. So I, I would uh, so hopefully games, uh, as they say here, are not affected by these guidelines. So it sounds like Joe, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. So I, that's really good. I mean, I, I honestly, this is probably a, like I said, I think this is a step in the right direction. I can see it being a little frustrating for some people, but I, I think it's good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Go ahead, John. Noob in the uh, John. Chat room John there. is the pulse of yeah. our chat room. He, um, he he looks at the chat room. He 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 takes all the data, and then now he's going to present it to me in a. Tightly packed fashion. John Kessler, what is the chat room saying? Not much. It's just a bunch of text. Oh, okay. Oh, very okay. Good. No, uh, noob, uh, Noobarific there is asking if you guys know if, if it doesn't go full term, you know, it doesn't go, product doesn't hit the store, and, it's, and if it just dies. You never get it. Your money's, your money's gone. Just like is well, it. Well, if, the, if the, the, the project that's going on is funded, um, your money goes out of your bank account into their pockets. That's yes. The idea is it'll pay for whatever they whatever they said they're going to do. Now, now, if they use that money inappropriately, or they don't use it for your project, or they don't use it, um, you know, you never end up getting whatever product it is. Then, yeah, basically, you have no recourse. Um, 
theoretically right. People could, if there was enough people involved, they could sign up, get into a lawsuit together. Class action. Really, yeah. yeah, but really it doesn't, it's not going to solve anything because odds are whoever it is who was running it or whoever was doing it either skipped country, doesn't care, doesn't have the money anymore. So even if you find against him, he's not going to have anything to give you back. Um, you know, we're not talking about a big giant company. We're not, again, we're not talking about Walmart. We're not talking about, um, you know, some big company. Uh, Sony's never going to have a Kickstarter project. Yeah. Um, you know, we can't, you can't approach them the same way. You need to think of these as being small projects that individuals or very small groups of individuals are working on together. And the reason they've gone to Kickstarter is they have no money to go any further. And so I think the best way to, the best way to think about it, if you're thinking about black, backing a Kickstarter project, put yourself in the place of, if you ever watch Shark Tank, those, those five people on Shark Tank who have all the money. Think about being one of them because that's basically what you're doing. You're saying, hey, I'm going to give you so many thousands of dollars or so many hundreds of dollars or tens of dollars, and you're promising me that you're going to deliver something. And if you don't believe that guy's going to be able to deliver or you're like, oh, this is so pie in the sky. There's no way this is going to happen. Don't give him your money. You know, you need to be really critical of it. And that's, that's just the way it works. Yeah. Our final geek story is paying homage. Homage? Homage? Paying tribute. Homage. No, homage. Homage. Whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Tomato? Paying so, tomato yeah. <laughs> to the Space Shuttle Endeavor. Uh, as you guys probably heard, uh, the space shuttle endeavor. Actually, I think we should just say all of the shuttle fleet. Yeah, the whole shuttle fleet. This is this is the last time a shuttle is going to be in the air for the foreseeable yep. future. Yep. And it's a shame that we didn't get one of these up in Seattle, and that's why they didn't do this uh, weird flight plan. Who brought it up to the northwest and brought it down the coast? But ne- never the same. Um, so here is shots of the space shuttle endeavor. On its journey to Los Angeles, here's the first shot here um, of it passing by the Golden Gate Bridge there, which is just too freaking cool. Uh, but, uh, Joe, what's going on with Endeavor? Where, where's it heading to in Los Angeles? Uh, well, it's going down to the California Science Center, I believe is the name of the museum down there. But it's the only shuttle that's coming to the West Coast. Uh, the other two are both staying on the East Coast. One of them is going to be uh, outside of Washington, D.C. at the uh, Smithsonian, and the other one is going to be on the Intrepid uh, in New York City. So this – if you're on the West Coast, this is the only shuttle I mean, nearby that you're going to be able to go see. Um, I, it's, it's really the passing of an era. The space shuttles were such an amazing project. I don't think we gave them enough credit. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is so. This is the uh, this is it. The last time a shuttle is going to be in the air, at least for the foreseeable future. And uh, nope, nobody up here in the Northwest is going to get one. Uh, well, so, the good Smithsonian, is- Smithsonian. You know, the three that were still in active service, Smithsonian has had one. They had the Enterprise, which was the test bird. Um, and then they're they're getting. I can't remember the name of the shuttle they're getting, but they're getting a different a different shuttle to replace that one. Uh, another shuttle is going to. Um, like I said, it's going to uh, the Intrepid in New York, uh, and then this Endeavor's coming over here or over to California. So there were only a four of them available. One of them had never actually been in space, and I forget who got that one. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of unfortunate. I think we, we really should have gotten one up here. We have some really, really outstanding museums here in the Pacific Northwest, not just up there in Seattle by Boeing, but there's also – Oh, yeah, um, there's lots. There's um, – I mentioned uh, during the pre-show, I mentioned the, the – the, um, Evergreen Museum down here in, in right near me, 20 minutes away from me, they actually have the Spruce Goose. They have an air and space museum that's actually pretty well equipped too. So I, there's a lot of places that they could have gone 
Um, and it's really unfortunate that we didn't – nobody up here got one because it's a long drive to Southern California to see a space shuttle. But the cool – the good news, I guess, is if you are in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the Museum of Flight does have the trainer that yes. you'll be able to – I think by November, you'll be able to actually go in and check it out and touch uh, unfortunately, with the space shuttles that are actually going to on locations like in Los Angeles, you're not going to go in it. <laughs> you're you're going to be able to look at it from the outside, <laughs> but that's that's about it. So, yeah. um, but hey, you know, we got a nice consolation prize, I guess. So, uh, and I'm not going to complain either. I, I'm always been fascinated with space, and uh, uh, you know, it's been very cool uh, to to see these shots and these pictures. And hopefully, we'll have something new uh, to look forward to in the future. So. One of my favorite things about the SCA, the shuttle carrier aircraft, and unfortunately we don't have a picture of it, but if you look it up, it's actually a picture of one of the mounts. It's a it's a ball mount the shuttle actually went on. I think it was the nose mount, and it says uh, attach shuttle here, and underneath it it says black side down, <laughs> which which I think is just great. You know that's 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 nerdy humor for you right there. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, it's it's really sad. These the, you know obviously the shuttle's last flight was earlier this year. And uh, it's really unfortunate they're not going to be anywhere nearby where, you know, because I drive up to Seattle to go see it. No questions about that. Um, but uh, you'll still come up to look at the trainer, though, Joe. I already saw the trainer. I saw it. A couple OK, weeks ago. well, so it's, there you it's, go. Made of, it's made of plywood. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a model. No, the act, it's, it's you, only you, a model. You yeah. went into the trainer. <laughs> no, they were setting it up. Yeah. OK, I was going to say. So when is it when is it fully set up? You'll be back. You're, you're going to check it out. I'm not going to come up just for that. Well, you'll come up for other things. I'll come up for it. Yeah. You'll come up maybe to play Halo 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14, 27, 35 hikes. No, I, I won't come up for that. No. Halo 360. Microsoft has registered the domains for Halo 7, Halo 8, Halo 9. They've registered Halo7.net, Halo7.org, Halo8.org, Halo9.net, and Halo9.org. Why not .com? I, maybe because they're taken. Uh, I don't know. Halo 9. Does no. this mean that we're going to see sequels to for the indefinite future? Probably, I guess. They're going to milk the franchise until it dies. Yep. I mean, that's what happens with video games. There's no true innovative ideas anymore. They just add sequels to them. Sorry for Borderlands. Two people who are playing the game forever, except in Russia. Well... You're, you are playing it in Russia, but it's region-locked in Russia. Uh, Borderlands 2, uh, Steam versions of Borderlands 2 are region-locked to Russia, the Commonwealth of the Independent States, Ukraine, Lithuania, and Estonia. This means players with the Russian version will be unable to play online with anyone outside of these areas. This is from Joystick, joystick.com. Um, why do you think this would even happen? Uh, this doesn't make sense to me. Is this is this just governments trying to rein in control? Is this a licensing issue? This I, I, I think they're the the reading a little further down in the article. I think it, it actually talks about um, it may be a language barrier issue oh. that uh, a, a version from one language may not be able to handle the language from another. The interesting thing about this is this is only the Steam version. The boxed editions don't appear to be region locked. That makes no sense. Yeah, so nobody's quite sure what's going on with that. Maybe it's Evil Valve not liking Russia. Well, according to <laughs> 2K Games, uh, they they wrote a message uh, to players about it, and they said, "quote All players with Russian IP addresses that are attempting to purchase and play the game 
will be restricted to the RU version of the game. This version of the game will only be compatible with other RU versions of the game, meaning you will only be able to play online with other Russian IP players. We deeply apologize for any and all inconvenience this issue may cause. Sorry, yeah. you cannot get a refund. So in pre-launch paperwork, it didn't mention a region lock. I think it's, no. it was the yeah. issue there. Uh, I, I don't understand why they're limiting it to just Russia and these other few, these other um, small countries or these other countries around it. It seems like it should be Russia and maybe Europe. Um, you, you know, they're not that far apart. I don't know unless you're in Siberia or something like that. But then you, you know, actually, now here, here's what's what's quite interesting here. What they're saying is, well, we we put we thought we put this out to everybody uh, that it wouldn't be playable in these regions. Uh, I'm going to parse this paragraph and basically says we are working with our partners to update those pages and will offer any customers who pre-ordered or pre-purchased the game the opportunity to cancel their order and receive a refund. But that doesn't help people who've purchased it, though, who already have it. I mean, this this implies mm-hmm. pre-purchase or pre-order means that... Uh, if you've already bought it, you're done. Right. So, I, you know what? I mean, dare I say this, Joe, will a crack or a some sort of pirate hack make this playable worldwide i mean possibly I, the the matchmaking and the and the the team you know grouping and stuff like that in borderlands 2 is actually based on steam yeah so it's steam's player system so i don't know um you know if if steam's if steam allows people to play cross cross uh, uh regions then yeah probably somebody will release a hack that that enables that if steam doesn't and it's a limitation in the steam platform there's probably nothing anybody's going to be able to do about it. Ah, oh, jeez. Crazy. I mean, so. that's just bunk. I mean, you know, yeah. I know it doesn't hey, you know affect what, though? me. We're not in Russia, so. I know. I know it doesn't affect <laughs> me, but, yeah, I mean, but, if, if there's anything, yeah. any kind of situations like this that push people to piracy or push people to crack things or to find workarounds, it's crap like this. I mean, yeah. th- there's, this makes no logical sense that, oh, we need to region lock it to Russia because of a couple of regulations. Gamers don't care. They just want to be able to play the game. And this kind of crap, I mean, it's a great game <laughs> at that. No one would be talking about this if this was Eve. Uh, sorry, John. I'm kidding. People would be yeah. talking about if it was Eve. Um, um, yeah, if Eve like Eve, if Eve had its own, Like if Eve had its own little universe... By itself in Russia, like it had its own server in Russia, and then every other country around the world was no, outside of that. Actually, it's funny that you say that because oh. um, the Eve, the China players, yeah. Eve, are on their own server. Oh, really? They don't interact with the rest of the. Well, that's China, though. Probably yeah, it's China. That's, that's yeah. But no, if they were to if they were to lock down uh, Russia, that would be the, a quarter of the game. Yeah, <laughs> uh, players would. Yeah, that would be nasty. But anyways. Move along. Uh, Frictional Games Amnesia. The Dark Descent has sold over one million copies over the past two years. Uh, And this is... this Now, Joe, I don't know much about uh, Amnesia, The Dark Descent. Uh, Can you give us a quick synopsis since you put this in the rundown? So, Amnesia is the the horror game for... I mean, it's supposed to be the game that, that you... If you're brave... You play it on a on a large screen. You turn off all the lights and turn up the volume. And uh, there are tons of videos of of people recording their friends playing this game and screaming and crying and, uh, um, you know, running in the game, screaming at something and then having their character run away and stuff like that. 
so it's it's supposed to be a really 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 good horror game uh you know in terms of it's actually uh exactly that it's a game uh, that is supposed to make you frightened it's supposed to really scare you and uh it was released as a as a very indie game a very small scale game initially and the fact that they've hit two million copies is pretty cool especially for a game that has such a a, a small niche to to get into and they think uh, it sounds like they think it may hit sales of 1.4 million but more important uh, it is uh, coming out, or they are working on a new a new game. It may not necessarily be a sequel to Amnesia, but uh, they are working on a new game, uh, hopefully in the same vein, another another horror game for them. So it's a uh, it's cool. I haven't had a chance to play very much of it. Um, it's not because I'm scared of it; it's because I haven't bothered. Uh, but uh, but basically, anybody who bought into the humble indie bundle and uh, it's been on sale on Steam a bunch of times, you have a copy of it, so you should give it a try. Uh, it is supposed to be really really good. But um, if you do and you get scared, make sure you have a video of it because we want to see. Very, very, very cool. Uh, now, we've talked about these uh, this hardware. Yeah, uh, I put this in here just for you, Chase. I know, but you know what? When, when you have a company denying it, it's plausible deniability. That means that they are working on something. <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> if they have to come out and make a statement against it, that means they're working on it because they don't want anybody thinking that they're working on it. Uh, that is, Valve is denied. They have said, no, we are not working on a head-mounted display for virtual reality games, despite internal research about this product. Despite the fact that we're researching this, we're not making it. I call BS. I need to, I need to talk to one of my friends, and maybe she can come on the show and make that happen. Um, maybe we can make that happen in a couple weeks or something. Uh, but yes, uh, so we get talked... Get us a demo unit. Yeah, get us a demo unit. You know, she's probably working on of it. One that they, of, uh, demo unit is something that doesn't exist would be great. Uh, the she that I'm talking about is Jerry Ellsworth. Uh, she used to live down in the Portland area. Now she lives in Bellevue, Washington, works at Valve. Uh, she's a an engineer, uh, incredible mind, uh, big pinball player and owner. I think she has over 100 machines. Um, and she's pulling them off route to move them up here, and she's storing them in a huge facility. I already told Jerry that I would more than be willing to host a few at my house. Uh, but yes, uh, but officially, Valve is denying they are working on this headgear. Unlike John's headgear. Huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. You know, there was the um, the Oculus Rift uh, Kickstarter not yeah, that long ago. Yeah, I remember. Um and it's it's interesting to see this. There's been a lot more push for these uh, these HMDs, these head-mounted displays. Uh, maybe it is something we're going to actually see. Uh, and maybe this is Valve's next or Valve's home console, Virtual Boy 2.0. Uh, <laughs> sure, I got mine in the cabinet over there. My 1.0 is over there, uh, but it's not exactly mountable. It's you just put it over your face. There you go. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. I I think it's kind of cool. Um, have you ever had a chance to play with an actual head-mounted display system? Uh, way back in the day. I mean, way back in the day. I mean, when uh, it was like a attraction at like a uh, miniature oh, golf course arcade I, type. Thing. I actually got to play with one. They have uh, they they have it now out publicly, uh, more available now. Um, Disney had a setup where it was a magic carpet ride, and you sat on this funny motorcycle thing, and they put this head-mounted display on you, and you got to fly around the magic carpet from Aladdin. This is back at Disney World, like eight years ago or something. And uh, it was actually really, really cool. It was super immersive. The field of view on that one was really, really good. It felt supernatural. Um, You know, I mean, it felt really natural, not like supernatural, like extra natural. But it it felt, um, 
it, it just was really, really immersive. And uh, if we can make it work and make it work in the home, I think that's really cool. Yeah. The version they had at Fry's that the or they had at Incredible Universe way back in the day, which was the <laughs> goofy little pods. Yeah, that yeah. sucked. That yeah, was I know. terrible. I know. Um, but Disney did it really, really well. And so if you're in Florida or you're going to Disneyland, Malik, make sure you go check that out because um, yes. it is really, really cool. So, John, what is our chat room saying? Go. Bro-yo, bro-yo, want to play some games? Yeah, bring over the Steam box so we can play just because, too, that would be awesome. John, that is not good conversation. Really? Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Bad. Yeah, so you're, you're, you're that is terrible. Com- combination <laughs> and distillation of the chat attitude is lacking. Wake up. Come huh? on. Wake up over there. All right. Huh? Hey, if you got Skyrim for the PS3, <laughs> you're screwed. Uh, oh, no, you can still play the game. <laughs> no, if you want DLC, you're screwed, I should say. Probably. Um, there's been reports and news that uh, the DLC, uh, Dawn Guard for Skyrim, may not be releasing on the PlayStation 3. Uh, according to... Uh, oh, flash crashed. Uh, Dawn Guard uh, is obviously not the only DLC we've been working on, but this is not a problem we're positive we can solve. We are working together with Sony to bring you this content. I wish we had try more... Try to bring you this content. Try to bring you this content. We wish we had a more definitive answer. We understand the frustration when the same content is not available on all platforms, uh, but when we have an update, we will certainly let you know. What's the problem here? Is this the the PS3 marketplace? Is it uh, because it's so hard to program for the PS3? No, that's not the reason. It's the marketplace. It's got to be the marketplace, right? Is there? A... Uh, they have. They are not saying, and Sony's not going to admit. It's the marketplace, then. It has to gotta be. be. It's got to be something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You know, this wouldn't be a problem if if everybody just joined the PC gaming master race. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, little dig at all the consoles out there. Yeah, I know. I I, I have all three. But I still play my PC more. Uh, but no, I, it's kind of it's it's sort of disappointing. Um, Skyrim was a really really cool game, still is a really cool game, and yeah. uh, I know a lot of people are really looking forward to Downguard. Um, one thing that uh, they haven't really, um, you know, the, the the these these games, um, Skyrim and uh, uh, the earlier copies, really haven't messed around with is DLC. They've done some really really exceptional DLC. There's some yeah. some. They've done some really stupid ones, like horse armor. Thank you for starting the microtransaction revolution. Yay! Um, but uh, <laughs> they've done some really, really good ones. And uh, uh, by all understandings, uh, Dawn Guard is is one of the really good ones. So it's it's unfortunate for everybody with a PS3 out there yeah. that you may not be able to have access to it. But hopefully, they'll fix it, and uh, they won't have this problem with the other future DLC because they are working on more. Hey, John Kessler, mm-hmm. did you hear that Blizzard what? is looking at the possibility of offering? Free play for multiplayer, going free to play for StarCraft Two. Did you did you hear about this? He is going to drop Eve so fast yes. if this happens. Oh man, no. there are so many people who stream <laughs> StarCraft Two on Twitch. It's not even funny. And John, you could be a part of that now if it goes free to play. I'll, I'll let you borrow the Roxio Game Capture Pro uh, yeah. HDMI that we mm-hmm. previewed at PAX and mm-hmm. is now available to the general public at a one hundred and forty nine dollar price point that we'll be giving away in the near future. <laughs> That's but, a product placement. <laughs> <laughs> nice. but, but, I mean, look at this. It's, it could be free to play. Um, granted, a lot of companies are starting to do this now. Uh, Star Trek Online was one, a big notable that went free to play. And, and do they still have anybody playing? Uh, I don't I think know. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm not playing right now, but I still have yeah. a lifetime account forever. 
Makes me feel real good. Yes. Until they turn off the servers. That's true. Um, but there you go. Uh, so right now, it's a fully, fully standalone priced product. However, you know, League of Legends and Dota 2 is free to play. Makes you wonder, maybe they'll make it happen. Maybe if they introduce land mode, I'll jump over. I know that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. No. no. What do you think about this, Joe? Is this a good move for Blizzard? I guess. If they unhook it from Battle.net, I'll, I would, I would, honestly, I would probably pick up the game. If they unhooked it from Battle.net, nah, it's not because happen. you have to sign into Battle.net in order to play, and you have to maintain uh, your online yeah. connection, yeah. doesn't matter. They can make it free to play if they want to. I will play it as often as I play all the other free to play games that I never play. Mm-hmm. Talk about burying the lead. <laughs> We've buried this lead because it really we don't understand why and what's the big deal. Yeah. But Sony has announced a slimmer, more I don't know, Svelte. Svelte version of the PlayStation 3. 250 gig bundle is launching on September 25th, which is just in a couple of days from now, uh, for the low, low, low price of $269.99. And it includes Uncharted 3. Ooh, very nice. Now, the charcoal black black option. uh, No, no, the black version is the one launching right away. Right, and then there also will be a classic white model arriving on November 22nd, at least in Japan. Uh, We don't know. It's not confirmed yet. Uh, But there are rumors that it could be launching on uh, October 30th. Um, Oh, I'm sorry. There'll be a 500 gig version launching on October 30th in conjunction with Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, no word on pricing on that one uh, for the 500 gig, but I'm going to pull up some, uh, some pictures of this beautiful beast of a device. I guess. I mean, why did they feel like it needed to get slimmer? I mean, the white one does look pretty cool. I, I will say that uh, the white's new, the new black, the black's the new white, uh, and here's the black version. What's the big deal here, Joe? I mean, should why did we bury this as our sixth story uh, this week? I mean, what's what's the? I don't. I, I guess. I don't know. One more story. Uh, you know, it, it. They do look. They don't look too bad. I do like kind of the the ridges across the top. I think that's kind of a cool style there, design. There's the mount. The, um, if you want to stand it up. Yeah, I, I think they're a. a it's a, in a. It's an attractive upgrade. You know, but I don't understand why. Not why it's attractive. I don't understand why they're releasing it. We're expecting new consoles next year. Mm-hmm. I assume. Sony put some engineering into developing this. Otherwise, I don't know how they came up with it. <laughs> Why did they put that engineering into this when they should have been putting it into the next console and maybe get the one up on Microsoft? You know, if they if they had been able to change resources around and, and push out the uh, the PS4 or whatever the next gen pen, uh, PlayStation is, if they'd been able to push it out even nine months or a year ahead of the Xbox, the next Xbox, they would have a huge jumpstart on Microsoft, and, and it might be enough for them to pick up a little bit of a lead. Yeah. Um, why does, well, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to it, me. It, this analogy is going to be bad. Um, this is a slimmer slim. Yeah. This is like the iPhone 4S. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And no, there's no because change the in the internal specs hardware. are the same. Actually, if you look at the progression of PlayStation Actually, 3, the first, very first PlayStation 3, the PS Fat, as mm-hmm. I like to call it, could play. It had the chips on the motherboard that could play PlayStation Two games. It was yep, hardware, hardware emulation. Okay, yep. and then it's now software emulation. With well, the next, with the mine, the first minor revision, right? It was software emulation, and then with the first slim, right? They got rid of the. They got rid of it altogether. <laughs> and now with this one, uh, I think they just added bigger hard drives, which yeah. is a laptop drive now. So. 
Did and there's still only 250 gigs. You can buy, you know. I agree with the TriCaster in the chat. It, it, it's a money grab but from Sony. Like, hey, we're going to refresh it. Uh, it's, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, right? Uh, it, is it still a, new, a pig? A, it just a it new just, saddle yeah, on a dead I don't horse. Know, but we're giving s- it way too much, <laughs> way too much press right now. Um, I know. Sony released a new or is releasing a new slimmer PS3 Slim. Now, nobody understands why, except for Sony. I would say this: the only uh, reason why you would probably buy one of these is if your old PS3 dies, or if or you if one. you want to play Dust Five Fourteen, and you don't already have a PS3, John. Hmm. John's not getting yeah. it, even though he did oh. try it with a controller. Actually, by the way, uh, you can turn up the, the mouse sensitivity. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, John, now that you've played Dust 514 on the PlayStation 3, are you uh, buying a PlayStation 3? You know, actually, my You DVD- didn't say no straight off the bat. I didn't say no, amazing. but my DVD player at home has died. Yeah. Oh. So, but then I'm like, There's well, excuse. I, I mean, other than the fact I can watch DVDs on the Xbox... Yeah, yeah, but, but you, you, watch you want Blu-ray, Blu-ray on the PS3. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's like, well... That was we, my reason for buying a PlayStation think, 3. Is the PS3 still the best Blu-ray player on the market? I don't think so no. anymore. The I don't think so. It probably I mean, takes too long to start up now. There, there, are, there are better um, d- uh, Blu-ray players that do a much better job in up-converting, like especially mm-hmm. if you're doing uh, like DVD playback. Yeah. Uh, now, and uh, they're faster and have better audio settings. That's one thing about my PS Fat that I have... It, it, the audio settings are a little wonky because it's an older edition. Yeah. Well, it, it was the best one for a while there because oh, yeah. it was the only one that could upgrade to the new versions because the and released initial release version of uh, Blu-ray was not the final. Um, you know, it was like version one point zero or something like that, and they're up to two something now. Yeah. Now, is your fat a uh, gigabit on its network or not? No, no, okay. I don't think any of them have gigabit on the this network. This one does. It does. Yeah. Why is that even necessary? HD streaming? I don't know. You don't need not for HD, HD streaming. If you needed HD streaming, you'd have to have it for a gig for HD streaming. You'd have to have that for your internet connection too, John. Uh, it's, I mean, no. Um, Are you talking about over the land? Oh, yes. from from yeah. one machine to another? Yeah, yeah, but even but even if you're you're streaming Blu-ray content, that's like, like 25 megabits a second. That so 10100 yeah. is going to handle that just fine. But and this has this has a uh, Bluetooth too for some reason. Yeah, that's, they all well, have that, Bluetooth. They all have Bluetooth oh, because okay. it's the only thing. Oh, the gotcha. I refuse to spend sixty dollars on a freaking accessory so I can use my Harmony One with it. <sighs> Crap. Anyway, it's time for our picks of the week. <laughs> uh, these <laughs> these are uh, these are we are highlighting some awesome technology gadgets. And things that we like here at uh, GeekGamer.tv. We haven't done uh, done a pick in a couple weeks now. I would say maybe two or three. Uh, but uh, we're going to start off. I want to get the, the somber news out of the way first. Uh, Mr. John Kessler, what is your pick of the week this week? Well, it's, yeah, like you said, a somber pick. Um, you know, with all the stuff that went down in the real world back on uh, September 11th, 11th with the uh, embassy in Libya getting attacked and Chris Stevens um, dying in that, you know, they had always the said ambassador. the ambassador um, yeah. that, you know, there's a couple of his staff members had been killed as well. Um, and I hadn't realized it until this last week. I was, it was up on the, um, the login app for, uh, for Eve that one of the members, one of the, the gentlemen that got killed in that was actually a very prominent person in EVE. Oh. Um, his name was Sean Smith. Um, in EVE, he was one of the top guys for Goon Swarm. Um, his player name was Vile Rat. And you never realize, 
you know, it kind of, you know, it shrinks the world, you know, yeah. thinking, you know, there's a game, you know, here's a game I've been playing. Um, and I've probably in some of the, um, the fan fest stuff and, and footage, um, that, uh, CCP has put out in the last year or two. Um, you know, I, I swear I've seen the, you know, seen the guy there. Um, just kind of, you know, you know, they've, they've, I still haven't really seen any names got released besides, uh, Ambassador Smith that, uh, of, you know, who else got, you know, lost their lives there. But can, it, it is kind of a, it really shrinks the world. Can you explain a little bit here? I, I'm reading in this article, and looks like they did a tribute in the game. Uh-huh. Um, pilots light up Sinos in one of many tributes. Can you explain what that is? Since um, you're an expert. Well. <laughs> and I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> the Sino is a, a, the Sino is generally a beacon um, in game t- to be able to jump, uh, there's specific ships that can jump to that Sino. Okay. And when you're looking on the map, it, you can actually see what systems have Sinos lit up. So you could see, like, so the screenshot here, It's uh, I'm going to zoom in a little bit, uh, but basically a whole bunch of people lit up, and it, hit, it created this huge glow. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that was like, oh, that was pretty impressive. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's kind of an after fact, that, you know, the little group that I play within, we're not in an alliance, so we're we're pretty pretty you know we're really far down on the scale of things. Um, from what I heard, that there was a besides that Sino bit, there was quite a gathering within the bigger alliances of chips, you know, and and I you know from from what I heard, there were some pretty high dollar things, you know, blingy ships people were rolling around in, and just I th- I, I take it they were kind of blowing each other up and. <laughs> That's typical for Eve, but yeah. <laughs> um, but the article here was actually I thought was very well well written. Yeah, yeah. Because um, even right up to the end, um, he was actually in chat talking with somebody. Yeah, I don't know if you saw the. Yeah, he was saying, "Oh crap, gunfire!" You know, he was. That was the end. That was the end. Yeah. So I mean, a little somber, but uh, but an excellent pick, uh, Sean Smith. Uh, you know, we 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 you know we make fun about John with playing Eve. But it is a huge worldwide community. A lot of players do play, and here he is playing uh, in foreign territory. Uh, yeah. Just you know, this is his escape. This was his way of uh, you know plugging into the world. Um, and uh, good, good, good spotlight, John. No, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a shame, but it's a very good spotlight. Thanks for the pick, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Falby, I'm not surprised you have another pick this week, and it's another Kickstarter project. Go figure that one out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that's what they all are. So what is your pick this week? So <clears throat> I ran across this. I forget how exactly I ran across this, but it's a, a project uh, called Scrumble Ship. Okay. Scrumble Ship. Scrumble C-R-U-M-B-L-E ship. Anyway, it's a um, it's a voxel-based ship space uh, uh, space combat simulation. Okay. So the idea is that uh, voxels, ba- for those who don't know, basically Minecraft is a voxel-based sandbox game. It's the same sort of idea, but it's in space. Okay. And uh, the cool thing about it is you can you build your own spaceship. So you design, you lay out, you build, you put it together, your own spaceship, and uh, you decide how it works, how things interact. Basically, you build the whole thing, where weapons emplacements are, all that kind of stuff. And then you take it out and you fight against other players. Eventually. So we're watching a trailer here, and this is really, really... Uh, really fast. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's showing, it's showing building, a, a building a ship or building part, the beginning of a ship. Okay. And, um, 
and and what it takes and and some of the things you can do. So you can build a ship that's only a few blocks large, you know, very very small, maybe a fighter. So you're or literally like that. building or, a ship. Yeah, or you can build a ship that is a kilometer long and has, you know, thousands of gun emplacements and you know stuff like that. So you yeah, you are literally designing and building a ship just like you would design and build a house in Minecraft. Um, it, so it's really really cool and if, and of course you have to uh, acquire resources for it and you have to. Um, you know, when, when enemies attack it, 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 it is destroyed in different ways dynamically based on the voxels that are hit. Um, you know, it's a really, really cool, cool idea, cool concept. This is exactly, you know, we, we've heard Minecraft, or, we, or we've talked about um, um, uh, Marcus Notch from uh, Mojang talk about how he loves, uh, he, he, he likes voxel-based games and he likes Minecraft, obviously, and he doesn't have a problem with somebody using it as inspiration for something else as long as they're not doing a direct copy. Well, this obviously isn't a direct copy of Minecraft. Oh, but hell it's no. Very obviously also using Minecraft as an inspiration to go a little further. And um, it's really – I think it's really, really cool. Now, it doesn't hurt. The, another reason why I picked it is the guy who's doing it is actually based in Portland. I was just going to mention um, that. Makes so sense. That, that certainly didn't, help, didn't hurt my selection of it. Um, he uh, he started this Kickstarter a few days ago. I, I don't remember exactly when. It's got about 23 days to go as of right now, um, as of when we're recording this. Uh, he only wants $8,000. He's already at 2245 so he's he's a good ways there. Um, one of the cool things about it is you can actually download uh, the demo copy of it right now. Um, you know, he has released the, a playable demo copy of it. And uh, if you sign up, you'll be able to get it on whatever platform he wants. He's going to do it on, on Mac, Windows, and Linux, I think. Um, I, I'm not really for sure on that one. And uh, different version levels and stuff like that, deluxe versus regular. And his pledges are not that, not that extreme. If you want a, a full version of the game, it's only $10. Yeah, and $10. It'll be available, it'll be available as, soon as, as soon as he's done with it, and you'll get access to the, to the ongoing alpha as well. So um, definitely a cool project, one I fully support. Uh, I'll be backing it at a little higher than ten bucks, but uh, um, but I just thought it was so cool. And uh, if you want to check it out, if you want to watch some of the videos, you can go to scumble or scrumbleship.com. That's s c r u m b l e ship.com, all one word. Uh, and uh, he has a link right on that page to go to the Kickstarter if you want to support him. Otherwise, it also has uh, a link to do the download for the demo right there too. Very, so, very, very, cool. very cool. Uh, he also said that even if he doesn't do, if the Kickstarter pledge doesn't go through, he's still going to do the game. Um, this is just a chance for people to buy into the game early uh, and and help get the name out there. So definitely a cool project, a cool game. Um, I, I haven't played it yet, but I'm going to. So well, yeah. what we'll do is we'll show him this pick of the week, and hopefully this will help uh, help him get a little bit of more uh, push behind his project. So definitely, it it yeah. it just sounds so cool, and I'm uh, I I really. So uh, you can see the different versions and, and what they have built into them and stuff like that. I really, really want to get in on this and, and really want to give this a try. So maybe we'll do a, uh, a Scrumble Ship Me uh, <laughs> podcast uh, sometime soon, right? Man, th- this is really cool. I mean, no, seriously, I mean, 10 bucks will get you the full version uh, and access the alpha. Or spend, uh, spend 150 bucks and you can get a deluxe copy for yourself, a friend, your name in the clone name list, a custom poster, by their artists, and then you can choose your own ship or any other spaceship, and they'll mail you a print signed by Nuzemi and Dirk. Uh, yep. Just some really cool little uh, you know perks to get yeah, you for, And for three grand, he will actually take the train to your house and uh, and help you uh, with a selection of, uh, with a, a to your location with a suitcase filled with a selection of the above prizes. Seriously, 
only available in the U.S. For some reason, trains won't cross oceans. So I guess he doesn't fly. He only takes the train. But which yeah, three from grand, Portland, which from Portland, which would be real easy for us. But uh, no, that'd no, be I, it'd be pretty easy. Yeah, I could have him come down here, but I'm not quite going to pledge at three grand. That's yeah, a little, no. little, little bit much. There you go, Scrumble Ship. Uh, if you want more information, we'll have a link in our show notes. Uh, Scrumbleship.com is the URL. My pick. I actually have two picks this week, not just two. one, but two. Uh, all right, actually two and a half. My first pick this week. Just see, I just see one. No, I know. I I, I didn't put it on the street. Oh, sorry. My first pick this week is the Humble Bumble number six. Uh, so you have, as of right now, as of our recording, you have eight days uh, to get involved. Actually, eight days, 18 hours, 39 minutes, and counting. Uh, now, the cool thing is you pay what you want for the six games that are here. So you will get Dust Force, Rochard, Shafter, Spaz, Torchlight 1, and Vessel. Uh, the great part about it is you will help support charity. You choose exactly how your purchase is divided between foundations, game developers, or even the Humble Bumble people themselves. Uh, like, for example, if you want all your money going towards EFF, you can do that. Or if you want half going towards EFF, that's the Electronic Frontier Foundation, and Child's Play Charity, you can do that too. Um, and the best part about it is if you donate at least more than $5.84, you will get Dust Force. So it's a really great cause. Uh, they've done a lot of these, and so far they've sold almost a quarter of a million bundles. It's all DRM-free. It's uh, cross-platform. The one thing is, whenever they put out a game on the Humble Bumble, I think they it has to be truly cross-platform. So it's Mac, it's PC, and Linux. All three. Yeah, and it says if you uh, if you do a dollar or more, they'll give you a Steam key for the games as well. That's right. So uh, you know you can you can get all these titles on Steam. You don't have to just download them through the humble indie bundle website. And the best part about it there is you know as you, as I scroll down here, you can see uh, how many how much they've done. Uh, you know how <laughs> some people have donated a lot of money uh, because it's going towards charity. So for example, at Magical Tux on Twitter has donated one thousand twenty four dollars. For this bundle, uh, I believe no, that would be a mega dollar. That's <laughs> that's a. Uh, but yeah, you can see uh, you can split between uh, how you want it going to the different developers or charity, or you can put it in as a tip. Uh, you can pay with PayPal, Amazon Payments, or Google Payments. Um, really, it's um, it's really cool, and you can even see what the average pur- purchases. So right now, people are paying on average five dollars eighty four cents. Come on, people! These games are worth more than six dollars. Serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? It all goes to a great cause. Humblebundle.com if you want to find out more information about that. Um, and my other, my next picks are, you know, they're mainstream things. So that's why, you know, I wanted to pick a second thing. Um, uh, during PAX, I picked up a Nintendo 3DS XL. Uh, wasn't at PAX. Picked it up at Best Buy over that weekend uh, just because I was, you know, jealous of Joe and, and Josh Colm and they're, you know, doing all these cool things with them so i I said screw it i'm gonna i I had some money saved up through a best buy discount uh check coupon type things and i picked up one of these uh you know 3ds xls that you're seeing here on your screen it's on the right hand side there joe's actually got his handy joe and i got the same color we have blue uh but it's so cute it is cute but i kind of say you know what Super the new Super Mario Brothers two is a really fun game. <laughs> I am uh, I'm hooked. I've been playing a couple of levels while I'm sitting uh, 
like uh, in between commercials watching baseball. Um, so yeah, it's it's very very cool. Well worth the price. Um, you know what? And there's Mario Kart Seven that Joe is showing right now that I still need to go and purchase. I want to buy it on the eStore, eShop, Joe. Tell Nintendo it's not, it's to, not on the eShop yet. It needs to be. It may not ever be. Why? I also, I also picked up Kingdom Hearts too. Is that a, is that any good? It's an RPG. If you like the original yeah. Kingdom Hearts, yeah. it was a, it's a good game. Yeah. Okay. Right. I've actually heard a lot of reviews have said that it's the best Kingdom Hearts yet. But I, I do like the Nintendo 3DS Triple XL, <laughs> as someone said in our chat room. No, it's it's really good. Um, I think it, it 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 the 3D is is done tastefully well. I've been playing the snot out of the tennis game. Um, it, I like it. I, I really do. Um, well worth the price. Um, so for for people who who haven't seen. Um, uh, the difference between the two. Here's a. This is a traditional 3ds. Okay. This is the 3ds XL. It's yeah. It's a huge it's, difference. It's unbelievably. I mean, it's it's so Massive. much different. And the the 3D is much much better on the XL uh, than it is on the 3ds. It it's just is easier to see. It's clearer. It's uh, it's really really nice. It's more suited for uh, for bigger hands too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. The only issue with it is if you have a case like this that the 3DS fits in really, really well. Everybody like to hear the Velcro noise. Um, the 3DS XL, of course, is bigger than the case. <laughs> so is that the reason why you picked up the 3DS XL, uh, Joe? Because of the size? I mean, because you already had a 3DS. I picked it up mostly because of the screen size. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it's it just makes such a difference, and you know. Using the the 3ds, it's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's I, I did like the 3D. The 3D worked for me. I know some people had a real problem with it, a lot of bad headaches, stuff like that. But on the the XL, it's just so much easier. Um, you don't you don't have to focus as much on exactly where you're holding it. It's a lot more flexible. Um, you know, I, I was happy with my 3ds, uh, but I really like the XL quite a bit better. Yeah, I've been playing the snot out of this game right here, uh, Mario Tennis. Uh, open <laughs> i've been playing a snot out of this game man no you know what it's gotten me back in touch uh with uh you know playing you know game boy again and uh just you know it, i know somebody asked if it had netflix it does have it does netflix have netflix the browser's okay uh the yeah. web browser's all right uh but it's you know what i you know what uh, being a nintendo fan at heart and loving and you know the first party titles. I mean, that's really why I pick up these, the Nintendo yeah. Wii and pick up the 3DS XL. Is it's the first party stuff. Um, I'm I'm a sucker. What can I say? I'm a gamer. I love this stuff. So, <laughs> so those are my picks this week. Uh, we'll have show notes to everything uh, that we talked about live on our website at geekgamer.tv. This site right here that you're seeing on your screen. If you're watching our live video, uh, that's right. Uh, we have. Lots of great content here now. I mean, really, we have a lot of content, um, and I've I've actually gone ahead and started to make things a lot easier to find. Um, that's why I'm going to spend a little time to show you guys real quick. So, as you notice now, um, under current shows, you'll see it's a, a clean, straightforward menu: Geek Gamer Weekly, Picks of the Week, Minecraft Me, and Wirecasting. So, if you click on the Minecraft Me page, you'll now notice we have a, a hub. Uh, for Minecraft Me. Here you can check out and how to subscribe to us. Uh, video feeds for iTunes, audio feeds, uh, as well as if you want to catch up on your old episodes or uh, nominate somebody for our server showcase, this is where you go. Um, also, uh, for everything PAX and E3, it's under News and Reviews. So if you click on, uh, just hover over News and Reviews, PAX Prime 2012, 
click on that, and here's our PAX 12 Media Hub that has all of our articles, uh, and there's still more coming. I mean, seriously, folks, lots of great content, um, all available at geekgamer.tv. Um, hopefully you guys, uh, hopefully this video turned out well. Hopefully the audio is fine. I, I know there's a little bit of echoing that I'm hearing right now. Hopefully that doesn't transpose over the, uh, actual recording. Um, right now, and as I said at the top of the show, um, my current studio space, which is literally a bedroom in the house, um, we've lived in this house for about five years, just over five years. And I haven't really made major changes uh, to my living space and uh, studio space in there. Uh, so what I am doing is literally pulling everything out. So all the hats are coming off the walls. All the shelves are coming down. All of the geek gear that is everywhere right now, wires. It needed to be done. It needed. John agrees. It needed to be done. That was a, That's a snake pit in there, a cabling. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because what happens is when you're, when you're doing this stuff, and you keep adding in more things, it just you just lay it on top. You just kind of just do it, uh, and it wasn't bad. You guys saw the production; it was very, it was good. Uh, but I want to turn everything 180 degrees, uh, so I want to sit uh, in a different spot. Um, I also want to set it up so in the summer I could put an air conditioning unit in there, um, and it would be away from the from the equipment, and and actually it, w- it would work out well, and not have to worry about it being the main shot that you would see an AC unit behind. I want to put soundproofing material in. I want to put in uh, lighting. Uh, it, we're going to paint the walls. I'm, I'm literally going to resurface the ceilings. It's going to be a full remodel of a room. Um, so in the meantime, you're going to see this view. Uh, you're going to see John's view if you're watching the video of Pop Tarts and Kirkland Signature Vodka. Okay. Yes. Uh, by the way, if you guys want to send us anything for product placement, so for example, uh, I did. I think I had an offer from Rikai. Uh, uh, Was it Rikai? I forget. But uh, I have this big white space right here, so I, I, I could put stuff over there. I don't mind doing that. Um, so anyway. That's it. Uh, <laughs> John's grabbing another piece of product placement. This time, it is the Kirkland Signature Tequila Silver in the gallon size. <laughs> or Reven. Yes, Reven. There we go. Um, so, yeah. Um, I wouldn't... You know, Reven, I wouldn't mind, actually, if you want... We, I could put poster here. I could switch it up all the time. It's no big deal. Uh, John Kessler. He holds down our chat room. He plays mm-hmm. Eve Online. Um, and he's also a specialist of Eve Online, and he's always just no. ducky. You can uh, not follow him on Twitter because he's not there. Nope. But as always, John, thanks for coming by. No problem. Hopefully, you like the uh, temporary studio setup. Yeah, I've got a great chair. <laughs> <laughs> great chair. Yeah. Joseph Falby with his cat just walking past in the background it's, there. It's, uh, hit him with the chair. And uh, Joseph Falby is uh, my co-host on Minecraft Me. And the best part, Joe, is we are still number one in iTunes. That's awesome. A video game podcast. And, the, you know, we, we launched the new map on uh, Friday. You want to talk a little bit about that real uh, quick? Yeah, we can talk a little bit about it. Uh, so the new map got launched on Friday, and that includes uh, what's called a, a plugin called Grief Prevention. And uh, basically, it allows people to claim a chunk of land, and then the more time they spend in the server, the more land they can claim and uh, expand their house and expand what they own and um, stuff like that. Really, really cool software. Uh, it works out pretty well. Haven't had too many complaints about it. Uh, but um, 
uh, it's been amazing how popular the server's been since then. I is haven't a seen server, it dip below about 15, 20 people. Is a server offline? Uh, it shouldn't be. I, the only reason why I ask is I'm, I'm looking it's at... It's this box right here now. Okay, because I'm looking at the server information and it says offline. So I'm just... <laughs> so that oh, you know what? I, I probably didn't turn... Um, let me make sure I uh, I didn't I didn't turn the query port back on. Oh, okay. Uh, that may be what it is. So so um, but yeah, it. if uh, uh, if you want to connect to it, just try mcserver.geekgamer.tv and um, and you should be able to get to it. It should people be up. Are te- it, yeah, people are saying it is, right it is up, so it must yeah. be a query port thing. It's a it's a query port thing. I'll fix that and get that taken care of. That's cool. that's not that hard to deal with. And uh, but yeah, right now there's actually 14 people on there, so it's a little lower than it was earlier. Uh, earlier today, I saw as many as 30 people on there at the same time. Wow. So. Um, Pretty cool. John, it's a really good time. John, Hop it's on, time check to it come out. on. John, John, John needs to come on and play Minecraft. It is a lot of fun. He'll get a kick out of it. Um, it's actually really cool, so he should so, play it. Yeah. So. Um, all right. And my name is Chase. Oh, by the way, if I didn't mention this, you can follow Mr. Joseph Falby on Twitter at Falby, F-A-L-B-E-Y. And Joe uh, will tweet uh, server status updates from time to time. From that and other things and other things, I tweeted a picture from the from the uh, aviation museum. Uh, la- a couple I weeks saw ago. that, which was very cool. Um, picture of the Concord. Malik and I stopped by, or Cameron and I stopped by, <laughs> and checked that out on the way home. Cameron man, um, Cameron and, man. Uh, no, it's uh, it's a. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I'll tweet every once in a while when I have something important to say. If I don't have anything important to say, I won't bother tweeting. Stay tuned because on Thursday's edition of Minecraft Me, I will be announcing. The what is the project? The community bill project. We probably should reserve land for that. Yeah, we need to do that. It needs I'll, to be. I'll pick it a needs spot. to be next to water. By the way, Joe, it's very important. How much water? A bay of water. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, does it need a whole bunch of waterfront or just a little bit of waterfront? Because waterfront's kind of limited on this map. Uh, it needs. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you off the air. How about that? Okay. Yeah, I, I know what the plan is, but. I'm trying to look at the map and see where a good place would be. I think I actually I think I found a spot. Yeah. Maybe okay. use so anyway. uh, maybe use Apple Maps and you get a, you can get comparison. <laughs> yeah. Well, the other thing too is we it's Minecraft. If we want water, we, we can, can just make it. it happen. All right, that's yeah. right. Just make it happen. We'll just we'll just uh, dig it out. We'll dig out the land and make it happen. Yeah. Um, you guys could follow me if you want on Twitter at Nunes N U N E S, and we always always encourage you guys to follow us on uh, on our Twitter account for the network at Geek Gamer TV. Uh, just to remind you guys, we will. And I, I know you heard my crude product, product placement earlier in the show, uh, but we're going to be doing a um, – I don't know if we're going to do a raffle again. I, I'm going to talk to the fellows and see how we want to do it. Uh, but Roxio has come to us and says, hey, you guys want to give away one of those Game Capture Pro HDs? I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Uh, so shout out to Sarah over there at Roxio, and we're going to give one of those away. I've actually had a, the, the chance to try, try one of them out. And if you are getting involved in starting to stream – your video game content, or you want to be able to edit it, and uh, it's really, really cool. It's simple, and I think that's what their target audience is, and it hits it out of the park. It's really good. So we'll have more details about that later on. So that's it, folks. Uh, we appreciate all the guys over there, guys from Queens. That's right, GFQNetwork.com, Suncast, Andrew Zarian, uh, his wife Jessica, everybody over there at the network, uh, and Spencer as well. Thanks, you guys, for simulcasting the show. If you want to check out what they have to offer, Head them, uh, hook them up. Look at them. Uh, GFQ Network <laughs> at gfqnetwork.com. For Mr. John Kessler, Joseph Falby, my name is Chase News. Thanks for watching this edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. Until we all talk again, we are all silent. Say goodnight, Gracie.
ってないといいですね。